I, I appreciate that song um, tonight. Um, because I, I had a sense of uncertainty of where, where I'm going tonight, partly. But, but that song kind of confirmed that we're on target. And I praise God for that. Um, t- tonight's message is a little different, I think, in some ways. I'm, I'm going to share, share a letter that I received this last week. And then I'm going to share some points of a message that I heard this last week in relationship to that letter. I guess in my my heart, I, I, I believe that in the life of the church, in the life of this church, God continues to want to do a work of revival in us. Is that okay? Um, I mean, we, we could say tonight, well, we, we've had two uh, really good times of revival. We've had revival meetings and there has been a sense of reviving. But because we've had revival meetings, it does not necessarily mean that we've had revival. It can mean that we have experienced moments of revival. But, but in my own heart, I continue to hear God say to me, in the life of the church of North America, in the life of the church locally, we have a calling to experience true Holy Spirit Revival. And, and I think I heard from you tonight that, that we're okay with that. Um, the scripture that comes to mind, and, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read it tonight, and then I'm going to go to the letter. Um, the, the scripture that comes to mind tonight is, is a scripture that likely we will uh, be expounding on and preaching from. Uh, in, in the next year, I want to go through a s- series of, of sermons in relationship to uh, the, the churches of Revelation. I, I think they, they highlight often the, the life of, of the church, uh, where the church is at different uh, parts of the journey. But I, I want to read just the, the, the first... Uh, letter that is written to the, the first church, uh, the first church in, in Ephesus, and, and it's found in, in Revelation chapter 2, if we can read our Bibles together tonight. And, and I, 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 just, I just want to allow the, the, the Spirit or allow the Scripture to, to speak 
to our hearts and and allow that to permeate our our minds and in a way that would would help us to to just get a little bit of fix on on revival. Um, Revival in every generation, Uh, I I, I would hope uh, revival in every life, revival in. Every heart, revival, if God so pleases to do it, revival every month. We're, we're in a continuing work of the Holy Spirit in our lives that he, He's transforming us into the image of Christ, the call He's put on our lives. And so Revelation chapter 2, could we stand once again for the reading of God's Word, beginning with verse 1. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles, but they are not. You have found them to be false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name. And you have not grown weary. Well, we may have grown weary at times. Sounds good, doesn't it? So far. Verse 4 has that word yet. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent. Return. If you do not repent, I will come to you and I will remove your lampstand from its place. But this you do have in your favor. You hate the practice of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear to hear. What the Spirit says to the churches, to him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Thanks be to him. Amen. You may be seated. Just just allow that, that scripture to kind of have a way of putting an edge on your heart, your mind, your soul. And, and perhaps just the, 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 the question tonight, are you madly in love? Are you passionately in love? Are you... Gung-ho in love. 
with Jesus Christ. Hmm. I, I, I want to read this letter that I received from Greg Breeden. How, how many know Greg Breeden? Greg, Greg Breeden pastors the Church of the Nazarene in Shelbyville, Illinois. He, he wrote this letter, and I received this letter this, this last week in regard to what God is doing in his own life and the revival that has taken place in his local church. It says, we recently had a regular scheduled revival here in Shelbyville. I say that meaning we have two revivals planned every year. Three counting our youth revival. Since I came here a little over 11 years ago, the church has been blessed by an ongoing outpouring of God. Most of the time when we have had our revivals, the church has already been burning pretty bright for Jesus. I know as long as I have been here, my voice can become rather routine to our congregation. And I was in need and believe that our church was in need of God to do something out of his ordinary ways for us. Again, I want to point out that our church is blessed so often by God's presence that we tend to take it for granted. I don't know if it is because we went through a building program or if the fact the church is pretty full or what the reason is, but we had something other than what we have been the excitement and the anticipation seemed diminished or lacking altogether, at least to me as pastor, Greg writes. Maybe in my own life, I had become so routine that the feelings were the way I felt and I just projected them then onto the church. But I think the truth is we had moved away from the boil to a simmer in our passion for Jesus Christ. In preparing for the revival, we really sought God in prayer. The messages leading up to revival were challenging and pointed. We recognized that we needed God more than we wanted God, and somehow we had to get our desire for Him to match up with the need. I challenge the church to come ready for God to do something new in us. Not to take us back to a former experience that we had, but to move us forward. In order to do that, we needed to take, make sure we were where God wanted us to be before the planned time with God began. I didn't want us coming to revival and still having our old business to take care of. I wanted to be ready and willing for God to do a new work already in us 
It happened for me at pastor and spouse's retreat the week before our revival began. I heard God ask me through the evangelist at the pastor's retreat, Mark Murphy, what do you want? I'd like to ask you that question tonight. In the life of this church, what do you want? What do you want God to do? What do you need God to do? I thought about that through the service and we prayed at the end and I answered honestly to to God, if I could be really sold out to you where you mattered most to me, I would not ask for anything else. I was as real as I know how to be with God, but I left that service with no relief for my desire. I went back to my room and I prayed until after midnight with absolutely no success. I woke often in the night and I would get on my knees and pray that he would become greater and Greg would become lesser in my own eyes. The next morning, I still felt no change in my heart or in my spirit. But I had put on some music and started my devotions and I realized in the middle of my prayer, I was thanking God for what he had done for me in making me aware of my need. And I was keenly aware of my happiness. I knew above all else, Jesus was the most important thing in my life. And I was excited. I came home to my church with such an expectation about what God would do for us if we really looked for him with all of our hearts. Our speaker was Reverend Rosalind Williams from Pearl River, Louisiana. I had met her while doing some relief work for Hurricane Katrina. I knew she had a heart for people and was willing to sacrifice for God. We asked her to come and speak at a mother-daughter banquet a couple of years later, and she came and spoke to the ladies and also in our Mother's Day Sunday service. Now, I, I knew she had a gift for preaching. I asked her to consider coming and hold revival service, and she said she would pray about it. And two and a half years later, she came. Without question, she is the most passionate speaker for Christ that I have ever heard. She speaks with authority that can come only from God himself. I was anxious about having a lady minister come, not because I didn't feel a lady. No, I was a bit anxious about having a lady minister come, not because I didn't feel a lady could do it. I know, as you do, that in the last days, God's spirit will be poured out. On all men and even the women will prophesy, but she was the vessel that God had chosen and he poured himself out over her 
again during our time together. She was willing not just to be used, but she prepared to be used. She has such a command of the Scripture, we had real revival. (laughs) Amen? We are still having real revival. I am so excited about what God is doing and I have such an expectation and my church is reaching out to people because they believe God is doing something now. There are so many things, there are so many ways to make a cake. And I suppose there are different recipes for revival. But I know these ingredients have to be used. Number one. God has to come. God is always willing to do his part and he will do his best to bring us into a fresh and new relationship with him. Number two, the speaker has to speak. I believe that most evangelists will do their very best during the revival services. I also believe that most pastors do their best behind the pulpit, but I am not sure they are always doing their best in preparing to preach, myself included. The evangelist must give God something to work with. Three, the people have to be willing to be obedient. If revival fails... It is most likely the cause of the church. I know for sure God is doing his part. And I know evangelists are giving their best. What I don't know is if people are being fully obedient to Christ. I think that people find it easier to be obedient when they can see the power of Christ. And hear the authority of God coming through the preacher. That is what we saw in Reverend Rosalind Williams. God is using her and it is so obviously God that it is easy to be obedient. I would encourage you to pray for revival. These are the days of Elijah. God is doing something right now. That was his letter in which I received. After receiving the letter, I listened to the first service that took place at Shelbyville First Church of the Nazarene. And I listened to a preacher, a woman preacher who is anointed by God and the Holy Spirit. I want you to listen to to what she said. There there are several things she said. But the, the first thing she said is this. The key to revival is passionate 
and persistent prayer. The key to revival is passionate and persistent prayer. And then she asked these questions. She spoke these words. Why do we need revival? When do we need revival? Can we be entirely honest? Can we be absolutely obedient? She said several things. And I would like to repeat what she said during the revival that took place in Shelbyville. And as you hear these things that are being said from what she said, but I believe Spirit said, I want to ask you tonight, if if just one of these speaks to you, if it speaks to you immediately where you're at right now, would you make your way to an altar of prayer and ask God to begin to do a work in you right now by the word that was said from anointed preaching? Would, would you be obedient tonight? Would, would, would you come and say, God, I hear what is being said. And I believe that for revival to take place in me and revival to take place in the life of the church, I need to respond to this. Would, would, would you respond in obedience to him tonight? Here's a list of several things. When the church needs revival. We need revival when we do not love God like we once did. We need revival when earthly interests and occupations are more important than eternal ones. We need revival when we would rather watch TV, read a book or a magazine, play on the internet than reading our Bible or prayer. We need revival when we have little or no desire for prayer. We, we need revival when we would rather make money 
then give it. We need revival when our Christianity is joyless and passionless. We we need revival when we know truth in our heads in which we are not practicing in our lives. We need revival when we have time for sports and recreation and entertainment, but not time for studying the Word of God. We need revival when the church services are predictable and it's business as usual. We need revival when believers can be at odds with one another and not compelled to reconciliation. We, we need revival when Christian husbands and Christian wives do not pray one with another. We need revival when our children are growing up to adopt worldly values and secular philosophies and ungodly lifestyles. We need revival when we are more concerned about our children's education and athletic abilities than the condition of their souls. We need revival when we tolerate little sins like gossip, a critical spirit, and lack of love. We need revival when our singing is half-hearted and our worship is lifeless. We need revival when our hearts are cold and our eyes are dry. We need revival when we are not seeing evidence of the supernatural work of God. In our lives. We need revival when we are content to live with explainable. Ordinary Christianity. We need revival when we are bored. With worship. We need revival when our giving is calculable. Rather than. Sacrificial. We need revival when we aren't seeing lost people being drawn to Jesus Christ. We we need revival when we are unmoved by those who are lost. We need revival when we are blind to the extent of our own spiritual need and don't think we need Revival. And I heard 
that message, it kind of hit me between the eyes in different ways. I believe the church of every generation needs revival. And I believe that if we seek him to experience revival, he will do a work of revival as he so pleases. I'm not sure if those words spoke to your heart tonight. And they are not in any sense a focus to say you, you, you. They are a sense of asking us where we are as a people of God who yearn to serve the one who is our first love, our only love. Are you passionately in love with Jesus Christ tonight? Are you passionately in love with Jesus Christ tonight? Matt, could we sing that again? Blaze, Spirit Blaze. As we sing that, perhaps uh, God is speaking to your heart. And you want to respond to Him tonight. Blaze, Spirit Blaze. Father, we... don't want to have a passionless business as usual way of going about things. We want to be in love with you. The author and the perfecter perfecter of our faith. And Lord, I pray that uh, in our heart and our lives these days that we will have this burning, urging, and desire to experience Jesus Christ day by day, moment by moment. And the lives will be, will be transformed in our community, that in our own community here, that we will see God's hand of work as we have never seen it before. Oh God, you have blessed us so much God, we pray that you do your work to continue to transform and make us to be what you want us to be. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.